This is the Evolve Marriage Podcast, episode 28. Today we're talking about gaslighting and is it present in your relationship? Hi, this is Kate. And this is Eric. And this is the Evolved Marriage Podcast. Where we have fun with growth and connection. Thanks for joining us. All right, let's go. Hey everyone, welcome back. Hello. How are you feeling, Eric? Uh, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling focused. Um, I'm feeling calm. I've made some big decisions um, mm. this week. And I am very excited, looking forward to them, motivated by them. Yeah. How are you feeling? I am feeling uh, calm. I'm feeling motivated and inspired. Um, I've kind of been picking up on a lot of my projects and spending more time and energy on them, which is always uplifting and exciting. So I'm having a lot of fun with that. And I'm feeling calm because I just, I just am. Nice. You're in flow. (laughs) I'm in the flow. Awesome. Mm -hmm. So today we're talking about? Gaslighting. Yes. Yes. This is kind of a new term for me. Like I was, I've heard it before. It's one of those things you've heard before, I'm sure. But I was never really clear on what it was. What gaslighting is. Why don't we start with that? Why don't you... Give a quick definition. So gaslighting is a form of psychological manipulation, if you will, in this case, right, in a marriage. One spouse is convincing the partner that everything really is their fault, right? Exactly. So there's there's no ownership whatsoever. And really it's this power dynamic, right? It's, it's a kind of a controlling method yes. to try to get your spouse to be to blame for everything. And it really allows you as the gaslighter to take no ownership of the situation. Yeah, you're constantly keeping the upper hand. You're constantly convincing yourself and the other person that you are right and they are wrong. Mm -hmm. In order to do that, you have to push the other person down in order to make them feel wrong. And sometimes the methods to doing that can be detrimental to a relationship yeah and i think long term what could often happen you know if we if we think about gaslighting in terms of like you know the tyrant and the oppressed Mm -hmm. right um oftentimes the tyrant is not always the aggressive right sometimes the power dynamic can come from the victim Mm -hmm. right can come from the person who's essentially blaming all their problems on their spouse how they do nothing Mm -hmm. and you know maybe they're in kind of this depressive state where life is not going well for them and it's like it's your fault that i'm feeling this way and if you're the person that's being gaslit, you've actually convinced yourself based on what your partner's telling you that yes, you are to blame for what your partner is experiencing, exactly. right? The reason that the marriage is not working is because of me and I'm not doing enough. Exactly. So, so this is typically how you can recognize gaslighting in a relationship. Oftentimes what would happen, the gaslighter will dismiss their partner's feelings. They'll convince you you're the problem in the relationship. I mean, this is something that I'm guilty of doing right now. Oftentimes what I'm doing is because I feel uncomfortable. Eric is, you know, innocently asking me questions, trying to grow our relationship, trying to love on me, get to know me. And in that moment, instead of being open and honest with him and saying, hey, Eric, like, I'm really not feeling this conversation tonight. I'm Mm -hmm. too tired to have it or um, that question is triggering me because of this that or the other thing right. you know being honest and talking about my insecurities when it comes to it and owning the way and you feel owning about it, and right? taking ownership of the way I'm feeling yeah. I'm turning it around on Eric and I'm pretty much telling him like 
you're bad for asking me these questions. So be quiet because, and I'm not saying it in these words. I'm very kind it's very when subtle. I gaslight. Yeah, light. yeah and I think it's, it's very subtle. And that's right? a problem. And that's why it's so hard for me to see it until I read it. And it was like, oh, wow. Eric is allowed his emotions. He's allowed to express himself however many times, however he wants to in this home. And if it makes me uncomfortable, I need to take ownership of that and explain to him what about it makes me uncomfortable and how he can help me become more comfortable with it. Not stop it, just maybe there's a different way he can approach it or a different way he can talk about it that would make me feel more comfortable. Yeah. And because I do think that, you know, I used to do this as well way back in our marriage when I was in a really unhealthy place and it was done in a much more aggressive way, right? Mm -hmm. Oftentimes when you were trying to bring up therapy in our marriage or you were struggling, I was like, it's always your fault, right? You would bring up my drinking and then I would start to say, oh, you're so controlling. Like, I'm not a drunk. You're trying to ruin our lives. You're not having any fun. And then you were starting to question your reality of like... Wow, actually, wow, am I not fun? Like it's right. true. I should drink more with Eric. And I you're right, I should have more fun and get drunk at night and for and sure. Another way this can show up is uh, during conversations, the gaslighter will often not let the other person talk. Mm-hmm. Especially during conflict. Because obviously they're trying to maintain control during mm-hmm. this conversation, right? And when they feel like that control is being pulled out from under them, they'll start getting aggressive. They'll yep. start yelling. They'll start, you know, really getting louder and talking louder. They go into that um, fight mode. Yeah, right? exactly. And so I, I feel like this is something you would often do to me to mm-hmm. gaslight. Right. And I think for me, you know, because I was losing that, that power dynamic, right. And I felt out of control and I really didn't want to take ownership of the situation. I would get loud, right. I had a mm-hmm. lot of rage in me yeah. and it was always a way to somehow control and manipulate the situation mm-hmm. to say, Hey, you're the one that's the problem for continuing to bring this up. Yeah. You know, we've also seen the other side of things, which I do now. Right. Yeah. yeah. Which is cause it doesn't always mean that, you know, the person who's aggressive has the power. Sometimes it's the victim who has the power. Right. And I feel that's where I kind of come in. That's that's another form of gaslighting that I'm currently doing. I'll get really down on myself or I'll play the victim role. Like, oh, Eric, you're always making me feel bad for when you bring things up and it's so unfair. And oh my gosh, I can't believe that you're bringing this up again. What's happening there is Eric's trying to open up about his feelings. He's trying to talk to me and say, hey, I really need this from you. And he's reaching and I'm like, oh, there you go again, making me feel bad. And it makes him feel like, oh my gosh, like I shouldn't bring these things up. Like, yeah, that's bad. And we see a lot of this dynamic in that victimization, right? The man or the woman, Mm -hmm. right? Where it's sometimes the woman wants to go out on more dates or she wants to have more fun and go dancing. It's like, oh God, like we're so busy. Like we don't have time to go out on dates. Like why do you keep asking for that? Like Mm -hmm. it's just not true. Like you need to stop asking for that. Am I not doing enough for you already? And it's, and it's this psychological manipulation where you're actually convincing your partner that wanting things is a problem. Like mm-hmm. they are bad for wanting things, right? And on the flips on the flip side of things, we often see the power dynamic between the man and the woman where the man wants sexuality, right? And we've met mm-hmm. a lot of couples where the man has just essentially convinced himself that it's wrong to pursue his wife. Yeah. Right? Where it's like, oh, I need to stop doing this. It bothers her to bring up sex. So actually, I'm, I guess I'll just stop having sex right, and stop because, asking about it. And probably what's happening in, in that bedroom, it's probably like, hey, I love you and I want to have sex with you and I want to feel you like I want to feel your body close to mine. Um, she might be saying things like, oh my gosh, you're so needy. They're always asking for it. Like, yeah. 
I'm not like, a piece of meat, right? Yeah, a I'm not one. a piece of meat. I'm Would not you just, just leave your tool me alone. To like, use? That's really where the gaslighter is constantly doing that to a spouse as a way to control them to start to temper that wanting and that desire. Right. Yeah. And I think one of the biggest ways that I personally see it in the conversations I have with people is their spouse will often not apologize for their side of the story mm-hmm. or they often won't take accountability for um, what they did. And, and this, is a, this is where you can see the huge difference between a oops moment where, yeah, maybe sometimes your husband walks into the house and you're like, oh my gosh, I've just had a bad day. Like, why don't you just help me? Like, you're never helping me. And then a few seconds later, you walk up to them and you're like, listen, I'm sorry, you helped me a lot. I just, I'm having a bad day. You're taking ownership. You're apologizing. Totally uncalled for that I did that. So this happens. Mm -hmm. When it becomes gaslighting is I do that on a constant basis. It's nonstop and I never take accountability for it. When it's brought up, when it's brought to my attention, I don't admit it. I deflect. I deflect. Um, I don't apologize. You're the bad person. You're the one who is not making the good decisions here. And everything is deflected back onto you. So just be careful when you're listening to these examples because it's very easy to think, oh yeah, like I've done that before. But just think like, did I do that and then take accountability for it or apologize for it? Is this something that happened, you know, once in a blue moon or is this something that I'm often doing? And every time my husband opens up about his feelings, I'm dismissing them. And every time my husband tries to have a conversation with me, I try to make him feel guilty. There's a very clear distinction there. The aspect of gaslighting is also the person that's being gaslit, right? They add Mm -hmm. to it because they are starting to question their own reality. They're starting to be convinced of this. And if you as a spouse are not healthy enough or differentiated enough, right, to say, hey, actually, there's a problem here. Mm -hmm. Like not everything is my fault, right? right? Like you also need to take some ownership and to be able to bring that up because not a lot of people like that, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes we've been raised in homes where we experience a lot of gaslighting or, or we've experienced a lot of shame. And we say this too, you know, Kate and I, we firmly believe this idea of kind of good or bad is really, we live in the grays, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes we take actions that are unhealthy. Well, you live in the, we take, you live in the grays. <laughs> I have a lot of trouble with that. <laughs> I really try, guys. Right, but but I do think that, you know, what we like to say as well is like sometimes the gas, well, often the gaslighter is not even aware mm-hmm. that what they're doing is wrong because they were often raised in a home where they were being gaslit their whole right, life, right? So right. this is totally normal to never take ownership of anything, to blame everybody else for your problems, yeah, right? Because that's the way you were raised. Exactly. Or as it turns out in our relationship, yes, maybe that there was some ga- gaslighting in the way that I was raised, but also there was gaslighting early on in our relationship mm-hmm. for a very long time from you. Yep. So it's almost like now I'm gaslighting you because it's like this control dynamic changed. You took you let go of control and you said, listen, I'm going to, you know, take ownership for my situation. I will take ownership for my needs in this relationship. I will take ownership for my mistakes. And I'm kind of like taking control now and really trying to keep that control of like, you're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. No, no, I'm good. No, you're bad. So uh, that's going to take some work because when you're faced with gaslighting, what often happens is you can start feeling um, feelings of guilt and shame around your emotions. You stop asking for what you need. 
because you're you've been told so many times that what you need is wrong. Yeah, you're bad for asking exactly. For what you need. You're believing that what you're doing in the relationship is never going to be good enough. Mm-hmm. That no matter how hard you work, no matter what you do, it's never going to be enough to satisfy your partner. You start really internalizing things and not talking about them. You start really doubting your reality like, wow, maybe I am the crazy one in this relationship. Mm-hmm. Maybe I am like, maybe I do need like psychological help. Yeah. And I think before we go into, because we're going to explain to you exactly what to do, right? When gaslighting is showing up in your marriage, uh, you as the person who's being gaslit, right? What needs to happen? Because oftentimes the person who's gaslighting is not even aware that there's a problem. So mm-hmm. it's very, very hard to make them aware of their behavior and then encourage them to change. And right. we firmly believe, right, in our marriage that you're responsible for your actions. I'm responsible for yes. my actions, yes. right? And that we need to change ourselves and show up as the healthiest version of ourselves mm-hmm. in order to create a healthy marriage. Right. And I can't convince you to do something, nor can I. you convince me to do something because the, the change has to come from within. Mm-hmm. And so uh, oftentimes what would happen if you were to bring this up to a gaslighter or if you were to ask a gaslighter to go to marriage therapy or something, they're going to gaslight you. They're going to say, no, you're the crazy one. And we yeah. don't need to go to marriage therapy. You need to go to therapy. You're the crazy one. Yeah. And oftentimes what we what we see a lot, right, is the spouse saying, hey, you're actually just creating a problem. Like, this is not a problem, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah, that's th- true. this is how it is. This is how life should be. And you're just creating problems. You're expecting something of me that is too much to expect. Yeah. So your need, your want, your desire for a better relationship is actually the problem. And if you let go of that want, that desire for something better, if you just let go of that, everything would be fine. Yeah. Right? So convincing you to really give up on this dream of a really amazing, healthy relationship with your spouse is oftentimes what we see happen in marriages, mm-hmm. right? Where the person, you know, the person who's being gaslit constantly is just giving up and they're like, well, okay, I guess this is what it is. And they just succumb to this idea of living with a person who's constantly gaslighting them. Absolutely. And they just avoid bringing up those conversations. Right. So how can we stop this? Yeah. So the first thing that we suggest is number one, you need to think about surrounding yourself with healthy people, mm-hmm. right? Whether this is the person who's being gaslit, we're the person talking who's being to gaslit. you. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And and it's really important to find healthy friends, healthy individuals that have your back, but also that are not just in the point of blaming your spouse for everything, mm-hmm. right? Because there is a certain amount of ownership that needs to come from the person being gaslit that they are staying in a relationship with a gaslighter, right? right? And that is a choice. They're accepting this. Yeah, we need to understand that it's a choice to stay in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing too is, you know, therapy. I really think it's important to have somebody to talk to, to get an outside perspective from a professional and saying, this is my experience. Right. You know what I mean? And, and having them validate that like, hey, it's not only on you, right? Yes, part of it is that you need to make choices and you need to do something different in this case, set boundaries, et cetera, which mm-hmm. we're going to talk about. But- also having people around you that try to lift you up and say, this is not all your fault, right? So that right. when you're like, oh my God, I'm so bad because I, I wanted sex the other day and my partner said I was stupid for wanting it, that your, your friend can say, you know, or your therapist can say, hey, it's not wrong to want that. And yeah. it's actually really healthy for you to bring that up with your spouse. And it's so good that you did. Right. It's really too bad that they didn't take that bid. Right. And, the, and I think the most important thing is that you start to drown out the gaslighter, right? Mm-hmm. With a lot of these healthy conversations about people lifting you up again in a healthy way, right? Right, Not just victimizing you, but really saying, hey, you're a healthy person. It's healthy to ask for your needs. 
And I think you need to set some healthy boundaries around this. It's not okay that your partner is talking to you this way. Yeah. You cannot accept this. You need to make this behavior stop. And so, yeah, the, the, second, the, uh, the second point as to how you can stop this is to set healthy boundaries. Mm-hmm. So to make it very clear to your partner to say, hey, if you don't stop talking to me this way or if you don't stop um, blaming me or whatever your partner does, I will walk away. I will not accept you speaking to me that way and I will walk away. And then giving them the opportunity to stop and then sticking to that promise you made to to walk away. And that's something that when we went through marriage therapy, this was something that was addressed to us. Kate, when Eric talks to you this way, you need to walk away. That was hard for you. If I could go back and tell myself five years ago, Kate, walk away. We probably wouldn't have had to go through so much trauma, the trauma that we did go through, um, because I would have said, no, this is not okay. You cannot talk to me like this. And until you speak to me in a kinder way, don't talk to me. And I remember when I was in that crazy cycle, right? Like you would kind of jump in the truck and, and try to drive away. And I would like get out in the driveway and like start yelling. Literally and, run after the truck. Yeah. And then I would like, you know, call you 47 times and yeah. you wouldn't answer the phone. And it was extremely challenging in those mm-hmm. moments. And it had to happen, mm-hmm. right? In order for you to tell me, you can't speak to me this way. Exactly. This is very difficult. When you set a boundary to actually stick to it, especially when there's kids involved. Like to me, that was one of my biggest fears. Like if I walk away, what am I going to do with the kid? Take the kids. They yeah. don't need to hear this. And most of the time, a gaslighter won't just gaslight you. They'll gaslight the kids too. So take the kids. Get everyone out of the situation and find yourself a safe place to go. Just as we're wrapping this up. So number one, as we said, right? Get healthy people around you mm-hmm. that can lift you up, that can talk to you honestly, that can create awareness around these conversations about you feeling like you're being gaslit. I agree with the boundaries. And what we're talking about is, is an extreme, mm-hmm. right? In the moment that we were talking about three years ago, in our marriage, we were at an extreme, right? Yes. There was emotional abuse. Yes. And I think it's I think it's really important that people have that awareness, right? We don't want couples to get there. But for some of us, right, gaslighting is present, but it's done in kind of a more subtle way. Right. And what we want to do, I think, is have a healthy conversation around this idea of ownership and what our triggers are and what happens, you know, what hey Eric, actually when I'm gaslighting you, this is how I'm showing up and this is why I'm doing it. And so I do think that, yes, boundaries are important if you're at that extreme stage. Yes. But I also think for a lot of healthy couples listening, right, mm-hmm. like like you and I are in a really healthy place now, gaslighting does happen sometimes for us to have a healthy conversation around it. Right. And say, hey, Eric, I find sometimes, you know, I gaslight you in this way. So when I kind of tell you, oh, you're being so emotional, right, maybe give me a bit of a check and say, hey, I, you like that about me and I'm going to continue to be emotional. That's who I am. Mm-hmm. And I'm just reminding you here, like, are you trying to manipulate me to be less emotional is that something that you're doing to really bring that to the forefront, right? To make the unconscious mm, have the healthy conversation. Conscious. Yeah, exactly. Right. So I just want to say it's not always this extreme of boundary setting, right. getting in the truck, driving away, taking the kids. Yes. In some cases, it is that. Yes. But I think in most cases for our couples, mm-hmm. it's a healthy conversation around these subtle ways that we're sometimes kind of emotionally manipulating each other and you know gaslighting each other at the extreme. Right. Just bringing it up, even just explaining, hey, I heard this really neat term called gaslighting, and this is what it means. Right away, if you're in a healthy place, you can take full ownership of that and then start creating awareness. Like now, every time Eric, I I hear him talk about his emotions or asking questions, I'm very careful at the way 
that I respond to it. Like, if I'm not willing to talk about it, well, I'll have to tell him, hey, Eric, I'm not willing to talk about this now. So that's when you're in a healthy place in your relationship. And absolutely start there. Don't start by <laughs> driving away in the truck. Yeah. That's, that's, when you're, that's when it's gone on for too long and, and that little conversation's going to just turn into gas. That's what you're going to say. You're like, Eric, you mean kind of emotional. I'm, I'm going to run in the truck and <laughs> just drive away. You're like, Eric, no, no. <laughs> we can talk about this. All right, guys. So that, that wraps us up. Um, as usual, right, if you feel like somebody you know can get value from this episode, please go ahead and share it. Everything we do is at evolvemarriage.com so you can check us out there. We have our resource page as well as our coaching page. So thanks so much for being here, everyone. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.